You are Locked On Pit, your daily podcast on the Pittsburgh Panthers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Folks, welcome back to the Locked On Pit Podcast, your daily podcast covering the Pittsburgh Panthers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day and folks today we have to talk a little bit about the transfer portal Pitt makes another addition after michael dow cannot come due to a medical issue shane simon from notre dame is coming we'll preview what he is his skill set and what that means for Pitt's linebacker core we'll also talk a little bit about frank signetti we'll talk about what you can expect with signetti and how potentially this personnel could be used in his offense. All that is coming up here on Locked On Pit. Folks, welcome back to the Locked On Pit Podcast. As always, thank you for making the Locked On Pit Podcast your first listen every day. I'm Nick Farabaugh, as usual. And folks, today we have a lot to talk about, especially with Pit hitting the transfer portal hard but first let me let you know about sonos as today's episode is brought to you by sonos experience the game like never before with sonos arc the premium smart soundbar for tvs movies music gaming and more visit sonos.com to learn more now folks i do want to talk to you guys a little bit about just the overall transfer portal craziness that's been happening with Pitt over the weekend and friday after we recorded the episode here on Locked on Pit, Michael Dow, it was announced that he was not coming to Pit, and that was a mild surprise. Of course, he was enrolled, it seemed like he was really excited to come, and then he didn't come. Two years of eligibility left for him, so it was a bit of a, it was a tough situation because Pitt really needed a linebacker. So the, the next two days, they looked around, and it looks like they got another one. Now, I don't know if they were recruiting Dow and Simon, at the same time, because they're both different players, very different players, by the way. Dow was a star linebacker, essentially playing the equivalent of the star linebacker role in Michigan State's scheme. I know they called him a hybrid, but he essentially was a, a linebacker of sorts, a, a hybrid linebacker type. And he also played the slot, of course, because the star plays the slot a lot in the Narduzzi scheme. It's, it's simply just how they do it. Um, but, but here's the thing. It, it with the medical issue coming up for Michael Dow and essentially changing and, and throwing a curveball in all your plans and, and you thought you had your star linebacker and you thought, okay, my star linebacker is Michael Dow, my mic is Servasier Dennis and Brandon George, my money is Bengali Kamara and Solomon DeShields, and then you can battle for that backup star spot. It could be Aiden Henningham. It could be Kyle Lewis. It could be Marquand Pope. It could be all these different guys. Um, and, and that was the thing. Because you looked at it and you said, okay, there are so many different players. It could be, but at least we have the starter. Now you don't really have the starter at star. And there's a lot of different questions as to where you play Shane Simon. Now, first of all, we have to talk about Shane Simon's skill set and, and kind of what he is. And what the summation of, of Shane Simon. Let, let's first just give a baseline kind of physical outline of Shane Simon. Bigger type of guy. Dow was about 215 for, for reference. 
and, and that's obviously a little bit smaller than Pitt would like their linebackers. Shane Simon is a bona fide linebacker already. So this is a guy that is 6'3", about 235. He's listed at 6'2", 233 on Notre Dame's site. So Shane Simon's a big dude already and bigger than Dow. Dow was six, about six foot, and he was about 215. I think he was officially listed at 210, actually, on Michigan State website. So, smaller guy, clearly a coverage guy. Now, this this is a guy in Shane Simon that has been asked to do coverage responsibilities before, and he's done them well, but there's a reason he has been asked to do that, and it's because he's an absurd athlete. He's the type of linebacker you don't really see at Pitt much. You don't see a guy with raw athletic tools. He's lengthy. I mean, his length... It's there. You can tell he has the length to get off blocks. He has the length to come off the edge and and pass rush a little bit when sent on blitzes. He has length to do serious damage with on the second level. And and that's something that Pitt doesn't really have. Even Servasier Dennis doesn't have a ton of length. So this is something a little bit different. Uh, for Pitt overall, and, and not it's not a bad thing. Having length is really good, but not only does he have length, the dude can fly, and I mean that. He can absolutely fly, and so you look at Simon. This guy has great burst. He's got great agility, and he's got sideline to sideline range. The athleticism just jumps off the tape at you, and and I think that then puts you in a interesting situation because the, the raw tools here are fantastic and you can tell why he was a four-star. You can tell why the pedigree was there with this guy because, boy, he is explosive and you you can see him when he reads a play right and shoots the gap, man. He's there and one to, he goes from zero to 90 in about a second. He's going. He has no fear penetrating the gaps and laying a big hit. hit. He's really fearless, and I think Pitt really liked that about him. Pitt loves their linebackers to be fearless, physical, and downhill. Phil Campbell was that way. Cam Bright was that way. Patrician was that way. Oh, man, they love their guys to be physical and downhill. They will love that out of him. But you look at him overall, and you kind of say, okay, where does he fit? Because this is a guy coming from a 3-4 scheme. So so let's, let's keep that real here. He's coming from a 3-4 scheme here. And the linebackers in Marcus Freeman's scheme are asked to thump a lot. And I think that does kind of lend itself nicely to translating into Narduzzi's scheme. Because the linebackers in Pitt's scheme are also asked to thump a lot. And by thump, I mean blitz, crashed inside. They are involved heavily in the blitz game plan in Marcus Freeman's scheme. And what he, he played the buck role in Marcus Freeman's scheme last year. And so, when you look at kind of what he did, he did a little bit of overhang stuff, but he didn't do a ton of it, but he was asked to do a little bit in coverage against linebackers, um, not linebackers, running backs. Um, he, was, he was asked to do a lot of that stuff, but he was allowed to crash on the inside a lot. And working from that inside and not as much in space, it, it kind of makes me wonder if, if this guy's going to be a mic backer. And, and that's, that's kind of the discussion we're going to have in the second segment, you know, where to put him. But he's an athletic freak, and so you can put him in a lot of different areas. Now, I, I will say, I'll, I'll say this. I think that 
the biggest issue when you watch Shane Simon was his processing. Because he loved to thump, he loved to play fast, he loved to play with his hair on fire. The dude's motor goes 110 miles per hour. I love that about him. But when you watch him kind of read pullers or, or read blocks and look at his keys, it, it was always like, man, what's this guy seeing sometimes? And he'll be caught out of position. And he'll be caught, uh, you know, looking in the backfield. And, and they'll throw it behind him. He'll be caught overall just not doing what he should be doing. He'll be out of his gap. He won't be gap sound. He'll miss the run fit here or there. And, and, and this is this is a guy that has highs and lows. And, and when you watch Shane Simon, you will see his highlight package and you'll be like, wow, Pitt's getting a stud. And I think they could be. I think they could be. There's a contingency with that. He's got to have to take a leap mentally. Because processing at that level, you have to have your keys on. You, you can't be... All, fooled by this, all this misdirection. He can get bought into the eye candy. In some ways, he reminds me of a more athletic Chase Pine. And that's not a bad thing. I mean, Pine was fine this year. But he's a very athletically gifted player. More athletically gifted than Pine was. And he understands how to get up blocks too. Which is a much different thing than Pine did. Pine had a lot of trouble getting up blocks. And he's also smoother in coverage. I think that's another big thing. Um, when you look at that, he's not he's not a great savant in coverage, but he can do it. And he's a guy that will play downhill. He, he will miss a few tackles here and there, which, you know, I, I don't love that. You'll see him have highs and lows where he'll make an unbelievable play with his range and athleticism, blow something up, it'll be a huge splash play, and then you'll see him completely whiff on a block, or, or you'll see him completely whiff on a tackle, and you'll see him get out of, out of place, essentially get drawn out of his gap, and, and you'll be like, what what was going on there? It's something, some things go wrong with him. He's a very, he's a very volatile player from a down-to-down basis. And so Pitt's going to have to draw that consistency out of him. And Kylan Johnson was a lot of the same way when he was at Florida. Very talented player that was kind of up and down. And when he came to Pitt, he found that consistency, and he played at a really high level. He was pretty athletic. He was a really smart guy, and I think Simon's the, kind of the type of way. I think Simon, the reason he gets drawn out of, of p- p- abilities and, and kind of his gaps and, and gets drawn out overall is not as much because he's a guy that doesn't know what's going on. I think he overthinks things. I think he knows what's going on and thinks, oh, they're going to try to bait me with this and this, and then he goes and overthinks it. And, and I think that's something that's consistent when you look at kind of his comments overall. He's he talks about he's he's a very highly football intelligent player, and he knows kind of what people do. He knows very in depth schematic stuff, and you'll see him talk about that in his pressers a lot. But I think he overthinks things, and I, I think there is sometimes almost a bane of your existence where you know almost too much at times, and that seems to be the thing. He's got to dial it back a little bit. I know he loves to play with fire, but it's it's very it's very easy to get guys to dial it back and play a little bit more discipline, read through your keys and play fast with the right reads. And I think that's what Ryan Malek's big thing is going to have to be here with Shane Simon. Now we'll talk about where I think he fits into this defense and where he'll play. But first, folks, let me let you know about Built Bar, folks. It's the new year, so that means New Year's resolutions. And if yours is about getting fit or eating healthier, folks, make sure. 
to include Built Bar in your plan because Built Bar is the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar, maybe even better than a candy bar. And Built Bar makes it easier to stick to your resolution because it tastes so good, you'll want to eat it unlike other protein bars, which can be chalky, waxy, or taste like chemical spill. And folks, I know we're getting to week three of those resolutions. You might be thinking this is just not worth it. Where's the chocolate? Well, Built Bars are covered in 100% real chocolate, but you get all the protein bar benefits, low in calories, low in sugar, low in net carbs, high in protein, Compare that to a candy bar, and trust me, you have all the health benefits you ever want. And even if you're not a huge fan of working out, you can at least eat something that tastes good and is good for you. So it's all good, and there are so many different flavors. Coconut, almond, peanut butter, brownie, raspberry, cookies and cream, salted caramel, mint brownie, and many more. And Built will come out with new limited time flavors, so check Built.com often to see what's new. So here's all you have to do. Go to Built.com, use our promo code LOCKED15, and get 15% off your order. All you have to do is use the promo code LOCKED15 and get 15% off at Built.com. Alright folks, welcome back to the Locked On Pit Podcast, your daily podcast covering the Pittsburgh Panthers. And let's keep talking a little bit about Shane Simon his addition, we talked a little bit about the player himself, a flawed player, but the talent is there. And if you can hit on this guy and he can actually kind of mold himself into his best ability, let's talk about that. That's a special player right there if you can get him to play at a high level. We'll see. Pitts had a lot of success in the transfer portal, including at linebacker with Kylan Johnson and John Patrician. So they've clearly been able to develop guys in a very, very nice manner at that position. And I think Mandelik has been able to get the guys playing well down the stretch too, so we'll see. But what what does this mean, essentially? Because Shane Simon is no star linebacker. So who is the star linebacker next year? Because that now has to be the big question. Who's going to be their star linebacker with Michael Dow not coming? Are they going to go out and get another transfer? I would doubt that. I, I think they're going to stay in-house. I think they're going to, after this, I think they're going to look at who they have and say, this is who we like the best, and, and this is who we're going to rock with. And I think, overall, the more I look at who I think they they want, what they want to do, and, and who they're going to kind of play where else, I'm starting to think that you you have options here. And, and by that, I think, first of all, Bengali Kamara playing at the star is probably your likeliest scenario. I think that one makes the most sense. To be quite honest with you, I, I just think he can do it. He showcased he can. He's athletic enough. He's fluid enough. He certainly is aggressive enough. He's got some Cam Bright in it. He definitely does. And he was phenomenal with the money position in the Peach Bowl. But he's also learned how to do star. That makes sense to me. I think it it really does make sense for me that, that you would put Bengali Kamara at the star position. And slide him over. Now, then you get into kind of minute details here and you say where do you play Simon he's a guy that has played on the inside and has crashed on the inside a lot and he knows how to defeat blocks at the second level and that to me screams Mike Backer I think he's a Mike in this scheme I really do now he can play money I think he also works well enough in space he has that downhill mentality and he has that aggressiveness and that certainly the athleticism to work at money but you can also put him at Mike to have that sideline to sideline athleticism in the middle, but also that thumper downhill that's willing to be physical, who's who's got his hair on fire, 
He loves to play physical, and that, I think, is a perfect, perfect match with the Mike position. So I'm starting to, to kind of lean towards Simon playing Mike, and maybe not Money, because I, I know Servasier Dennis learned the Mike position a lot this year, and he was kind of forced to play there full-time after the Wendell Davis transfer. But I keep looking at that and saying, Servasier Dennis is a better Money backer than he is a Mike backer. And... Full discretion, and, and I mean this, full discretion, I uh, he was a good Mike backer. Let's let's not put that into terms. This dude played really well at Mike as the year went on, and he was a quality Mike backer for the team. But also, when you play Servasi Dennis in space, when you let the guy just play downhill and aggressive, and when you let the guy just work well and, and have the ability to navigate over the top, scrape over the top, and kind of avoid all that unnecessary traffic, he's unbelievable. And that's where Voss, I think, is at his best. Because Voss, as good as he is, he does have some trouble getting off those blocks at times. And you can run so many different exotic blitzes from that alignment that I think it's it's easily special to allow Voss to play at, at the money position. He was so good there in 2020. He was so good at money. It just, it just makes sense to me to play him at the money backer position because he is so good there. He's more natural in space. He's more natural away from the traffic. You can run so many great blitzes there. He, he's great in coverage there so you can walk him out to the slot. He's great at so many different things that I think when you get Servasia Dennis at space is when he's at his best. And that's why I think you should play Servasia Dennis at the money position with Shane Simon at the mic. And then you just ask kind of, okay, what's the rest of the depth chart? Obviously, Brandon George behind Shane Simon at mic. Solomon DeShields at money. And then at Sar, you have kind of the same idea, right? It's either Aiden Hangham, it could be Kyle Lewis, could be Marquand Pope, could be Preston Levant, could be any of these guys. And so that, I think, is what you are looking at. That this team has the ability to move different pieces around. Now, it could easily be flipped where Simon's at money and Voss is at Mike. And then you just have Shields as backup and, and all that. But I think this almost certainly moves Bengali Kamara out to the star position. He's been trained at both outside linebacker spots. And, and honestly, this is a guy that when you look at Bengali Kamara, highly, highly athletic the athletic traits just jump off the page. He looks like a physical, absolute specimen. I mean, just everything about Bengali Kamara is ideal for the Snarduzzi scheme. He's big, he's fast, he's quick, he's explosive, he's physical. He's highly football intelligent. Um, he's a guy that you look at just technically is precise for such a young, for such a young age and where he's at. The guy plays at such a high level. And... Really, when you look at what he did in the Peach Bowl, man, that was a starting level linebacker already. If Pitt didn't have as many linebackers as they did and the depth they had at linebacker this year, there wouldn't have been much of a drop-off at all if Bengali Kamara had to play significant time. And in walking off over that slot, he can do that. He showcased the ability to do that. That's something Bengali Kamara can do. And so I think you put him at that star role. And I think you do it with confidence. And you just get a backup there that you can trust enough to make sure that he doesn't have to play all the time. And I think that's what you roll with. Shane Simon and Servasia Dennis are both very good at Mike 
and money. Those are two guys that give you flexibility to do as you wish, and you can switch in season as you wish. You can do all of that. That's important to note, that you have that type of flexibility now with this linebacking core. It's still thin. It's a little too thin for me. I would like to see another transfer added, but let's understand that they have pieces now. Simon potentially at the mic, and they did need another potential mic backer, and now Savasi Dennis can actually move I think to money, and, and if they can get him in space, man, look out. I think Shane Simon gives them that flexibility. I would right now predict Simon at Mike, Voss at money, Kamara at star. I think that's how I see it working out. All right, folks, we'll talk a little bit about Signetti. The big winners of this hire in the offensive personnel room, I'll talk about that. But first, let me let you know about Bet Bet BetOnline would like to wish you a happy new betting year as we continue our march to the playoffs and beyond. BetOnline remains the number one spot for all the sports betting action this season and for 2022. New year and a new updated desktop and mobile website to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our promo code LOCKEDON to get started. From football, basketball, hockey, boxing, and USC right to your favorite Vegas casino games, don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for 2022. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to wager on all your favorite sports. Bet online, where the game starts. All right, folks, welcome back to the Locked On Pit Podcast. And let's talk a little bit about Signetti's offense. And I think we talked a lot about the schematic side of things on uh, Friday with A.J. Black of Locked On Boston College. Go check out that episode if you haven't yet. It was good. We talked a lot about his scheme, how it's going to be a pro-style scheme, wide zone, a lot of under center play action, stuff like that. And how you're still going to see shotgun. You're not going to see a ton of change, but the run scheme is probably going to be your biggest change in terms of all that wide zone they're going to run. Um, but we need to talk about winners personnel-wise. I, th- I know people love to hear the schematic side, and, and and we got into that. But, okay, how does the schematics now translate into the personnel? Who's going to be the big winner? Who's going to be the breadwinners in this offense? First of all, let me just give you a winner, a clear winner in this one. Jordan Addison. I mean, it's not even funny. Jordan Addison's a huge winner in this one. Because Addison is a star player, and Signetti has shown one thing throughout his career. The man knows how to get the ball to his star players. He knows how to use his star players. He recognizes their unique talents, and and has this knack for getting them open, for scheming them open. He he knows how to get his, his star players involved at a high level, and he knows what to do with those star players. Jordan Addison's going to get plenty of volume plenty of work and rightfully so obviously Jordan Addison is a stud and deserves every single bit of work he gets he'll be a huge part of the offense probably the biggest part of the offense and those those star players are just going to be huge for Pitt now the receivers are are just winners overall because boy they play a ton of of 11 personnel out of this offense I mean they really do uh so they play 11 personnel uh, nearly 75% of the time. That That's a lot. It's a lot of 11 personnel. And, and so that leaves less for, you know, backup tight ends like Kai Wright and Cole Mitchell and Jake Renda and those guys, and a lot more for guys like Kanata Mumfield, Jared Wayne, Jalen Barden, 
Jaden Bradley. All these guys that are obviously going to get big-time looks in 2022. They're going to love this offense because it's a very wide-receiver-friendly offense. They love to run deep routes. I think Jordan Addison is going to kill people deep. I also think that's going to be Jalen Barden's specialty. That's something that he puts his... He kind of tips his cap to when he says, that's my spot. You know, I'm the guy that can stretch the field, and I think he'll he'll be a big-time weapon in, in that regard. I, I do think, as well, when you just look at the wide scheme of things, and you say, what position is kind of emphasized in the offense? Now, there's there's no doubt about it. When he was at Pitt last time, you saw what he did with Doran Dickerson, and he turned Doran Dickerson into an H-back slash fullback into a dominant tight end. He turned Doran Dickerson into a really special player. And that is something that you cannot overlook. He turned Doran Dickerson into something that absolutely no one thought he would be. But he had the vision for that. And that's the thing about Doran Dickerson that is interesting to me because... Pitt already has a stud tight end on their roster. and <laughs> He doesn't need to, to scout Thorne Dickerson and say, hey, you run a 4-4, and you're six foot four, and you're an absurd athlete. Like, of course we're going to get the ball to you in a different type of way. He doesn't need to do that anymore. What he can do now is just take Gavin Bartholomew and plug him in and chug, chug forward. Because... He did that with Hunter Long at Boston College. He's done this at a lot of his stops where he's been able to turn their tight ends into bona fide superstars. The production just goes up. And that's going to be something big because Hunter Long had a huge breakout season with Frank Signetti. And I think Gavin Bartholomew might be, outside of Jordan Addison, the biggest winner. Listen, Hunter Long became a third-round draft pick. After a huge season in 2020. The, the production just spiked with him. And he was a very talented tight end. You could tell before the season. This dude had legit talent. And, and that he just needed opportunities. And he did. He got it. Spiking up all, all the way to 57 receptions. From 28 the previous year. And that's the type of stuff you look for. When you talk about. Production increases, volume increases. Gavin Bartholomew, I'm telling you, you know, he, he was kind of emphasized a little bit at times this year, but not enough. Gavin Bartholomew was a guy that I would bet is going to be emphasized a lot more. 28 receptions in his freshman year, 326 yards. Don't be shocked if he gets upwards of 50 receptions over 500 yards receiving. Stuff like that up there. I think you can see Gavin Bartholomew really go off this year. And I think he's the other big winner here. And we talked about Keaton Slovis being a big winner as well. But I, I think Gavin Bartholomew, this is a tight end for the offense. They run a vertical route tree. They run all different types of routes. They'll run all over the field. They'll run sail routes. They'll run flag routes. They'll, they'll run posts. They'll run skinny posts. They'll run curls. They'll run to the flats. They'll run everywhere. Gavin Bartholomew is going to be used in this offense heavily. I, th- I think that... Frank Sidney is going to realize he has a pretty good tight end in Gavin Bartholomew. And, and you're going to see Pitt really, really use him. I think he's going to be an emphasis in this offense here. And Keen Slovis is going to come to really love Gavin Bartholomew, who is a stud sophomore today. And he could really be one of the more productive tight ends in the ACC. Don't be surprised if that happens 
All right, folks. Thanks for listening to the Lockdown Pit Podcast. Tomorrow we'll talk about Pittman's basketball, their big win over Louisville, where to go from here, and preview their matchup a little bit against Virginia. And, folks, as always, thanks for listening. And hail, Top Pit.